So I spent every morning before I would go to class. So I'd have 8 a.m. classes. Five o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up. I'd go through, I would, same email, but I would adjust it, right? Name, things like that. I sent over 7,200 emails, right? So just get it across. 7,200 emails, 40 responses, and one yes. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. We gone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 37 of the First Hit Podcast. Today, we are in studio, but not our studio. We are in the podcast room in Bethlehem with our guest, Ralph Lucchese. Ralph is a director and producer who has produced and directed over three award-winning films. But we also wanted to come in and talk to him about the podcast room life. So he built this whole space to have guests, and he knows about the podcast world about as much as I do and as much as the Kembe does and we're all venturing into it together so we're excited to sit down and talk with Ralph happy you guys can come down welcome man welcome 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 it's cool in here I like how you set that up Bert changing up the scenery a little bit setting the stage for the people I'm good at what I do You've been doing this for a little while, like you said. I know. We we are podcasters on the low. I know. Three podcasters in the room together. But we're amateurs. Did you guys put this in your LinkedIn bio yet? No. I I did create a LinkedIn page, but it's private because I don't know how else to... To I make it look more like enticing, we need to figure that stuff out. Oh, you oh, so people have to like request to follow it. Yeah, how many mm. have you had? With, how's uh, that working zero. for you? Okay. So it's not working well. <laughs> but this is it. Well. We're in the beginning stages. We're building here. <laughs> That's it's not just, going well. But we're, we're we're there. We're building. So we're gonna we're gonna start getting some uh, some followers there this week. Um, send them over to the page. We need to get on that. We're not on LinkedIn yet. Well, yeah, we have no. We're not. We need to get on LinkedIn. Mm. We need to get our TikTok going. Are you guys on TikTok? Um. You make reels yet? Not yet, dude. That's I mean. So I mean, in a business from like podcast room so thing, much to we're talk making about in this world. Yeah, it really is. So like, we're making the transition to finding some sort of like live broadcasting switchboard studio space. So everything mm. will be done like all together. So I don't have to do worrying about like post editing and stuff. Like it's live. It's live. It's out there. I could press a button. It goes out to all platforms, and then I'm done. I like that. Yeah, it's expensive and it takes a lot of time and a lot of like working with the people that created the platform for it. But it's actually a pretty cool system. So, mm-hmm. so wait, they like they would just like record it for so was Rogan. Say Rogan was sitting there with Tyson Fury, whatever. And yes, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, well, I mean, crazy. Well, I wouldn't be recording it. I'd have one of my peasants be recording yeah, it. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So, but if, if, is that you, you think that that's what he does where he just sits there with a guest and it's just live feeds and then just boom broad streams no i mean he's it, definitely I, editing them right oh 100 percent. well whether or not he's editing or not it's a ma- like if you ever watch where they're sitting out they're like what six feet apart so they don't really got to worry about the microphone bleeding mm-hmm. things like that so like there's minimal to no editing done mm-hmm. plus like jamie makes like 150k a year to just do what he does and That's sits there and do it and then he probably has a small production team i don't know rogan if you're listening tell me to shut up if i'm wrong yeah. but I would just imagine no, he I has feel, a I team. feel like you're spot on with that because you think you uh, pay attention to Gary V at all? Gary yeah, sometimes too much, but yeah. Same, same here, same here. Um, definitely went down the rabbit hole a couple years ago, <laughs> consuming all of his content. I but got a funny just, story about him after you're done. Yeah, we got to come back to that one. But it's the same thing he does, you right? When he does his his live recordings or his Ask Gary V, sometimes it will be a live stream or some sort of live recording that his team then breaks down into so many different forms of micro content or macro content, right? He'll post it to Facebook, post it to YouTube, post it to 
Instagram, and then he'll break down his his other smaller clips from there. Mm-hmm. Right? These are things like um, strategies we talked about before, where it's it's one thing to talk about it though, and it's another thing to be able to implement all these systems and different tools that they're using. And that's the, the I don't know how it's been for you, Ralph, but I know that's something that the issue I've been running into is like, okay, how now do you get the time and the systems in place to break down all this content fast enough so it's still relevant? Yeah, so, wow, it is a loaded question. Um, but I'll, I don't know, like I'll kind of break down like my process, right? Like mm-hmm. originally, from my perspective, I think everybody wants to do a podcast, right? Like yeah. the reason why I wanted to do this and create this room was because of that notion of like, quarantine nobody has shit going on everybody wants to do podcasts yep. so i was like all right well let me try to make that avenue a thing come to find out that market isn't as big as you would think mm-hmm. it'd be unless you are surrounded by people with that particular niche right so business mistake number one i guess you can say but on the flip side to it breaking down the content how you guys say it right so and it's it actually goes it plays both parts like film and audio like how do you maximize the most amount of profit that you can make off of like one piece of content mm-hmm. right across the board? Like you see it on commercials, people reusing commercials because something back like five, six years ago did very well. And instead of paying again for a new commercial, why not just use it, it again, again and pay yeah. the royalties and do what we got to do? So that idea kind of portrays like, let's use Rogan. Perfect example, right? Granted, he's the pinnacle, the Godfather, right, the whatever. One, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got his podcast, right, which is now on Spotify, right? So we closed that $150, $200 million deal, whatever it was. Then he has the YouTube content. I don't know if he does it now because of the deal, but like back in the day, he had the YouTube content. And then he had Joe Rogan clips, right? So you had viewership going to the main three-hour, two-hour, whatever long podcast episode. And then you had a whole different YouTube channel of Joe Rogan clips, which were four to five, six to seven minutes long, depending on how tolerable you want it to be, that generated an entirely different stream of revenue. So they were doing math on it, and like his regular clips were pulling anywhere between like six to seven million a year. And then the clips one, the the short form content, which is the same content, same exact stuff, just from the one piece of just another of, channel, just another channel, was pulling in the same exact amount of revenue. So you have two accounts, the same content. Posting the same video. Posting the same video. And then you have the podcast, the audio podcast, which is generating a different form for people that are listening. Because if you watch his stuff on like on YouTube, there is no ads. It's just the three hour long conversation. So trying to find a niche that works where mm-hmm. you can do that in those mediums and just pull in different streams of revenues, like I mean, why not? Like that's what makes this more enticing than anything else. That's yeah, and we were talking about this before we started recording, right? That's the exciting side to me about where podcasting is going to be going over the next few years because the way you look at it there's only more money that more and more money that's going to be coming in from different ad deals different um, big movers who are getting into the game right the other day i posted on our page that youtube is now looking for an exec right to take care of their podcasting side of their business imagine what it's going to look like now when you can go directly to youtube and not only watch the video but now you can focus strictly on the podcast side of it Hmm. so now you're not having to worry about bouncing from one app to the other app I already, like, we have YouTube Premium where it's like you don't even have to keep the app open anymore. We just listen to it, right? Dude, it's the best. You have YouTube Premium? I don't. Oh, you got to get it. It's the best. Ken did it. I'm on his family plan. You got to get it. <laughs> it's just, the best. That's, you just sit there and you don't even have to watch the videos. Like, there's so much content or audiobooks, things out there that I want to listen to. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time to actually sit here and watch it. That's what got me into podcasting years ago. I'm like, okay, I want to learn a lot, a lot about real estate, right? I'm an agent now. I want to learn about real estate. How do I do this? 
when I'm driving, when I'm working mm-hmm. out, you know, when I'm running. I don't have time to read all day, but I can listen. I can passively sit there and just put something on and just listen to it over and over and over. And I think more businesses are going to realize this now where it's like, okay, if they can ca- like capture a couple hundred people a month, a couple thousand people a month, imagine what that can do now for a small business who says, wait, why don't I connect now with this local podcast and have them run an ad for me three or four times a month? What does that look like now if you're bringing – 50 new people to their business on a monthly basis, right? 100 new people to their business on a monthly basis. And then you take that to scale. Now you're looking at bigger businesses. You're looking at the people like Amazon, Spotify, who are making deals with the Joe Rogans, the Alex Coopers of the world, right? The us, us in the future. Right? We can there. talk about her if you guys want to, too. We'll, we'll go there. Because we'll, it's, it's, it's a part of the business, right? <laughs> but it's like signed a $6 million deal. Because, but you, and I think, I mean, we'll see, but you, if you really think about where her reach is, I think she might have gotten ripped off. You know, with with how much she got paid there, because her reach and engagement is crazy, and that's the name of the game right now, right? It's not just about how much money you're making, but what's your actual engagement? How many people do you really bring in to to listen to you and engage with what you're putting out there? Mm-hmm. That's why Barstool had to go ahead and make that deal with her. Their, their Caller Daddy is the number one um, seller of their merchandise through Barstool. So if you look at that, who else? I don't I don't even think any other podcast combined. Matches what what Caller Daddy is bringing in on a yearly basis. Oh, probably not. Right, but think of it that way. Like, it's good for right now. Is and it that's, lasting? That's, no, that's she's not. Thing. I don't think she is. It'll 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 phase out because that what she's talking about now is not. It's not going to be. You, not you're not going to want to hear that when she's forty and has like kids and she has a family, unless she evolves. And I think that'll be interesting to see too with these personalities where it's like she won't. She'll retire. She's the modern day Marilyn Monroe, right? So everybody wants to like. Wow, that's bold. That's a compliment. I, I, think of it though. Like, yeah, I mean, Hold on, that. Though, I'm a, what about Kim Kardashian? Yeah, no, because she's too. What about Kim Kardashian ten years ago, right? When it, when all the scandals were coming out and everybody's like, "Oh my God, the sex tape is here. What's gonna go?" She's out of it. Now she is one of the wealthiest people in Hollywood, and she wants to do lawyer and she's and, all and that she stuff. but she's the she's the queen of the pivot. Like, okay, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna be here. I think her team is probably but, the queen of the pivot. Oh yeah, her mom is the one. Listen. Chris, Chris is the one behind the scenes pulling all the strings. Yeah, or like, or just her team. Like people but like that have. If like, you can, Kylie has. But look at it. Look at what, Look like at what's going on them. now with Alex. Ever since she linked up with Spotify, you're seeing that her marketing is changing up. You're seeing that the teams that she's working with have. So changed. I really don't follow her, pay much attention. You know, so I, can't I dive speak into these it. rabbit holes. I'm, I'm yeah. sitting here just trying to research and figure it out, and it's the the game is changing, mm-hmm. right? And so much money is pouring into this business, into this world, and people are saying, okay. We have social media influencers on Instagram, on TikTok, but who are also the influencers just based on what they're saying, on what they're, the conversations they're having weekly and the people they're connecting with. Like, look at us. We're sitting in this room now, right? We've all connected with multiple people over the past year past year, just based on, oh, you have a podcast? Oh, wait, you're doing what with business? Yeah, let's sit down and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And once again, I just think it's going to be so much easier to keep making those connections and then going back to the business side of it. Now what you're able to do business-wise, because you're connected with so many people based off of conversation, it takes networking into a whole different realm. I agree and I disagree. Let's hear it. Um, Okay, so I agree with the idea that podcasting, first of all, for people that are going to sit back and say radio is not dead, Listen, in five, ten. When was the in, last time you listened to a radio station? Right, exactly. And which one? Like, I actually, I actually did yesterday. <laughs> right, but like so I listened to the Eagles game. What was the on station? Ninety-four-one. Right, but you don't listen to AM. Um, I listen it. I listen to it for the Eagles games if I'm driving, and I am not an Eagles fan at all. But I am a big fan of Merrill Reese. Let me ask you. I strictly listen to it for Merrill if, Reese. If Nick Merckx and somebody else were to start doing a weekly live stream 
of maybe your favorite, your, the Rams. Oh, I'd watch it. And they time. started doing that and streaming the game and streaming them actually talking about it with a couple other people. Would you watch that or listen to the radio show? I would watch that, but I would just watch the Rams game myself on the TV. But I would listen to Nick talk about the Rams. I, li- I like Merrill Reese and yeah, his. I, I don't know. I feel like, like I'm sorry. So no, that's fine. But it's not AM dying. radio. It's, it's FM radio, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. I don't know what that means. I don't well, know AM is B104, 96.5, The Rock, like whatever, the, the radio stations that are like, listen to the, the Stuff we hits. used to get on the Poconos, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> you just couldn't find any other music. Yeah, well, like listening five. to the hits of the 80s, 90s, and that, like all that stuff. Yeah. The problem is, why do I have to wait for a station when I can open up my phone and click on a song exactly. I want to listen to at the time? So sure. radio shows, in that regard, it's why would I wait? When I could just pick from an array of shows I want to listen to right now on my way to A or B or C place and get the content that I want, right? So to get back to what you were saying about how the market has grown, yeah, sure, it's there. But right now we have more quantity than we have quality. So. What are you? Great point. What do you do to stand up above? Great, great point. Outside of it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's the content do you want to absorb. I like how you guys do. I mean, I have the same mentality. I believe you guys do. Start local, and then you can get global. Everybody wants to shoot globally. It's like, well, what are you doing to get global? You, right. I'm, I'm laughing because remember I said that to you what two weeks ago after our recording. Um, I heard somebody else say that we're just like, if you can win locally, then you try to dominate globally. Yeah. Right, and it's it, like you're saying, it's a perfect example of what we're trying to do. Um, but well, people will show up yeah. to those that are on fire. Like that's it, right? So if you're generating that buzz in your local community, like, mm-hmm. and it's so crazy to think, dude, because I used to never think that way. Like I did, I left home, I went to Hollywood. I was like, let's fucking do it in Hollywood, and I did all the stuff there. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. you're never gonna get somewhere unless you do what you got to do there, right? So when I landed in Hollywood in 2016, I said, you know what, I'm gonna do what I got to do here, try to make the connections I can make learn as much as I can learn and then bring filmmaking back to my home so that I can build something there. That was the original goal, right? When I landed August 16th, 2016, mm-hmm. like literally, like I have a whole, it's crazy to them. You know what I mean? It just have yeah, points sure. in my row. Life. You're sure. Yeah. So why not start local, right? Cause you guys are known where you guys are at now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys are known people here. Sure. Like there, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. let alone here. If you guys were to come back, it's not like no one would know. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. Yep. So gain that audience. Do what you got to do within the audience itself. Once you have that followship and things like that, you, you're able to move. But you're doing two things there. One, you're reaching out to local businesses, right, that are already within the area. So if you're the local voice of the people, the local voice of the Poconos, the local voice of Montgomery County, whatever mm-hmm. it is, it makes more sense to go to those people then go to someone like Alex Cooper and be like, hey. Just oh, shoot of course, shot for relatability. Of, just shoot yeah. your shot out of left, like crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what are you Agreed. doing? Yeah. People jump to that whole idea of like, let's just get viral and let's just, let's just hit 100 like, million views. And when has there ever been sustainability and virality? Because once right. you hit that viral status, if you don't maintain that viral status, you don't go anywhere. Like, you're done. You're known as that guy, right? I see it on TikTok all the time, and I feel... He did this dance move, dude, and I forget his name, and I see him all the time Mm -hmm. on there, and he tries to produce Mm -hmm. content of, like, different stuff, right? So he got viral doing this weird... uh, Oh, I forget the name of the song. He was just doing mm-hmm. a dance move. It was it was funny. Like you watched it like once, ha ha. ha. Sure. Second time, ha ha. Fourth and fifth, you're like, okay, all right, we get it, get dude. It. Yeah. So then he's tried to take his own niche that he's gotten 
and build from it mm-hmm. and it hasn't gone anywhere so then like every like 15 to 20 videos he just goes back to the original video to try to generate buzz which it doesn't work and then you slowly see him like fall into this depression and you feel so bad for these yeah. kids <laughs> it's like you no, know what I, I mean you're, you're spot on because it's one I think I don't know if the pandemic kind of you know sped all that up where people just said oh I can try to make a living or I can try to be an influencer now for social media so let me make a quick video you know what I mean and oh I got a million views so I must be good that'd be crazy a million views is a lot but it ha- go on TikTok and see how many people have posted videos where it's like 500 views 400 views 800,000 1 million and it's like what happened oh you were maybe you did a special dance move you know and it was funny or maybe you made a good joke and that was funny Maybe you're wearing a special outfit. Maybe you're wearing a lack of an outfit. You know, all these things that really make you go viral. And it's how do you sustain this now, right? How do you make this go on and on and on? Or, like, and if you can't, this is where I go back to with Alex Cooper. Like, are you going to be able to pivot, right? Like, when things, if you, right, once the numbers start to drop, if you're paying attention to the analytics, your insights, and saying, okay, wait. And I don't even think people take it that far. So that's a whole different conversation. But it's like, if you're really paying attention to what's, keeping you up there right in people's radar how do you sustain that if people are liking you now up to this point and oh well now you start talking about another topic and people are really diving into that are you now going to say oh no we don't focus on that anymore because it's not true to me or do you realize that this is what your niche really is about or what they really want to hear more about and it's funny because we were talking about this on the way here too and do you find a way to double down on this content now do you find a way to kind of make it a part of what you're originally doing and also a part of what will be engaging for people too, right? Because I think that's the part of the social media business where it's like you do have to feed off of your base, but you don't want to do it in a, what's the word I'm looking for, inauthentic? Yeah, like in a way that's just not authentic to you or that's just fake, right? Where you're just trying to reach every market. But that's the thing. I think we're in the game differently than them, right? Mm -hmm. They're hoping to go viral so that they can get the brand deals. Mm -hmm. Us looking at it from a business standpoint is we want to use them for the brand deals, right? Like, I'm not looking at, like, obviously it'd be great for the podcast we produce out of this studio to be number one, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. Everybody would want that. Yeah, of course. But it's not there yet. So instead of focusing on being that right now, every when I speak to Randy, when we do the Randy Dietrich podcast, Living on Purpose, when Mm -hmm. I speak to the guys at Launch Beers, it's like, guys, just focus on what we're doing right now and just focus on doing the best content because what's gonna happen is, sooner or later right like it's, it's like a study like in, uh, not Instagram YouTube released like um, when they came out with analytics it was like 2018 2019 because mm-hmm. everybody want to be a YouTuber yeah and they and you ever hear like the six month rule with YouTube like you just do it for six months yep. like keep doing it for six months because eventually posting. something's gonna posting. stick mm-hmm. it's the same concept because if you look at half the stuff people do even with video games like mm-hmm. everybody that wants to be a gamer they stream, they stream, they stream. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Now they're going to show nine to 12 months of you constantly streaming daily with zero viewers, zero viewers. Post a clip here, post a clip there. Then you just start picking it up. And then eventually people are like, yo, this guy's actually pretty good because he takes it seriously. Mm. Right? Like he's he's focused on doing it. Like, like with or without you, he's still going to do mm-hmm. it. So either get with it or get lost. So – <clears throat> I, to, to be honest, being candid, right? This is my show. This is yeah. mine and Akembe show, right? First mm-hmm. sip. I originally wasn't that bought in, right? Like to the, the show to, or to, to the, the first idea sip. of podcasting? No, I was always – I, think, I no, think it was the concept more of podcasting. Yeah, the concept more. Yeah. No, the, first, the idea of the show was always cool. But the concept of podcasting, I personally wasn't originally really that bought in. And now that we've done – this is the 37th episode, right? I've gotten to the point where – like the Kembe said a statistic to me. 
it was I think it was like eight episodes in. He said to me, "Bro, we have just reached the point where I think like what ninety? What is the stat? After the first? So there's oh after the first where I was saying like yeah. we got to make it to like the first like thirty episodes, right? So yes. that, yeah, when we were like eight weeks, and I'm like, yeah, we're like two months clicking now. That's when I started looking up like you're saying, what are those stats that really divide podcasters who really have the consistency and are really doing something, or the people who are just on and right. off, hit but, or miss. But what are yeah. the set metrics? What yeah. are there are set metrics that you said to me that like after the the first episode, like what what is it ninety percent? So after the thirtieth episode, right after your thirtieth episode, you're you've already surpassed eighty five percent of podcasts out there because you kept doing it, right? Exactly. Like the idea of you just you're right. still doing it. So after the first year, <clears throat> I said ninety percent of podcasts no longer exist. Yes, and and the majority of them, and isn't it a very they're, large, they're overwhelming there. statistic that after the first episode, they don't post again? Correct. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the statistic, but I, I talked to I so many it. people. Like, yeah, because this is another side. I mean, like Bert knows, I'll send them random facts, random, you know, insights all day about a podcast. But for me, that's the thing because it goes back to it goes back to sports. You know, when we were all growing up playing sports, I'm like, all right, we may not be the most gifted right out the bat. You know what I mean? With all these oh, different skills not. that you need, that's definitely not. But there is something that I can learn or something I can figure out about this game, right? We, we all play video games where it's just like, I can figure out a way to cheat through this video game. Like, you find a little cheat code. You find a little hack. You find the thing that really drives the game forward to move you to the next level. And it's like, oh, now I see what's going to be our differentiating factor. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't found yet. And for us, but in the beginning, it was just consistency. Yeah, it, it still like, is. Hey, our differentiating factor sit, is consistency. If we can sit here and just be consistent week after week after week, one, we know we're having conversations already in our normal day-to-day lives with interesting people and now we just need to bring this to other people like us so the most important thing once again is just sticking to it not falling off the wagon being those people who put out two episodes and then uh, we'll get back to this in two months because life happens life is always going to happen that's the purpose of the room right right then that's the purpose of this room i mean yeah say dude who, who knows we he, me and him were just saying in the car on the way down. We don't want to edit the podcast, dude. We don't. <laughs> no. We don't want to have a studio. We we would love. It'd be awesome to come here once a week. You do it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if we were getting to the point where we were generating revenue, that we just came here and just did it and didn't think about it, you post it. You know what I mean. And that is the the cool end game. But like you said, and it's I agree with you that it starts very local because our our natural network is what is feeding the subscriptions. Now we have gotten to the point where oh, probably over a thousand of people have reached out to us that we don't know. It, that's good. I mean, that's, it, it, that's, that's thing, really that's good. Oh, yeah, we're almost that's at 5,000 subscribers. It's the thing that always, like, subscribe. A month? It always, it, it's oh, always no, surprising. subscriptions total, I'm saying, like, yeah, no, people who have subscribed to the podcast. For you. Yeah, yeah, so, like, when mm-hmm. we're looking, and that's, I, and that's why I always get so excited. Like, I'll send him stuff that people yeah, will send in our inbox, cool. you know, our messages. Like, this weekend, another guy reached out to us um, based on the podcast we had last week with, um, with Dan. Mm-hmm. Right, and this guy's like, uh, he's the I, runner, right? Yeah. yeah, and the guy that he had recommended, you know, his contact director reached out to us, and he's like, "Hey guys, let me know, you know, what we can do to connect." And I'm like, "Wow, this is interesting. Like, it really is growing your own little community of people, right? And you never know where the next interaction is going to come from. And it's, and then you think about like, like you're saying about when we first came in here, right? You were talking about, okay, well, that's business expense. That's that, you know, that that's that." That right there showed me that you're looking at the long term game with this. Yeah, dude, I don't want to fucking work. You're not the exactly. <laughs> you're not, work, dude. But even beyond that, you're looking. You're looking past the people who are just saying like, "Oh, I can set up the podcast because it's trendy." No, like oh, you yeah. have. But nobody would start any. And I think that's the difference. Like we look at this as a business. I'm not looking at this as a side hustle or a hobby where it's like, "Oh yeah, we got a couple of mics. Let's just talk weekly." You have a business plan. You don't go into any business without setting up a plan. 
mm-hmm. right? You sit there. Well, and the one like, that okay, you want to succeed, except, mm-hmm. right? One yeah, that you want to succeed. It's probably a reason why another like you talk about. It's funny, right? Eighty percent of small businesses fail within the first five years. Eighty mm-hmm. percent of podcasts will not be around within the first year. And I always find it funny with those correlations and stats. I'm like, what's the difference? Does it all really just come back to planning? And a lack of execution. He didn't really emphasize um, like the the coolness of the guy who specifically reached out to us. The guy who reached out to us was the Robust Runners content wreck. Like so, the Robust Runner said, "Hey, yeah. the, the the reason that I got into this and and like what changed my like outlook on everything is this one specific doctor. That specific doctor reached out to us. And said, oh, yeah, that's cool. Is, yeah. yeah, you weren't the ones doing the reaching out. No, 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 they were doing re- the ones right. reaching out. To we you. said we we someone was our content wreck, and mm-hmm. we didn't speak to them at all. And they reached out to us and said, "Hey, thanks for the shout out, kind of thing. This that's is really cool. cool. That's mm-hmm. you know, th- that was a cool moment. Yeah. That's cool. So like that's what. So the, well, then I have to ask you guys. So what are you guys doing on an episode by episode basis? Like, what's your goal per episode, right? Like, you should That's be... That's a Dikembe thing. Right? He so tracks like, metrics. I do not. <clears throat> well, n- not even metric-wise, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, every episode, you should try to get... And I do that for when I do lunch beers and Randy. Mm-hmm. Like, we sit down. It's like, all right, what's the goal for this episode? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we trying to get across here? Yeah. Whether it's content-wise, whether it's, oh, let's get two new viewers. Like, whatever it is, what's the goal? Do you guys have episodic goals or you just have, like, a... A long term, like, all right, by this point, we want to hit this. By this point, we want to hit that. A little bit of both. Um, it's a really good question because I think we've done really well by kind of splitting that up, right? And realizing that it's like people say, right? Like, you got to figure out, like, what it is that you're really good at, especially if you're partnering with other people, you're working with other people in the business. Albert is very good at executing on the, the, the guest side, the prospect, and going out there and hunting down, okay, wh- who are our guests? Who's going to be best to have these conversations with? How is this going to help? our community and the people we already have listening and then what's the purpose beyond that episode right like why are we having this conversation mm. from there on a week by week level right it helps us get to our like our end goal right now our end goal obviously has bigger numbers in mind right like of course everybody wants to get to the point where you're getting thousands and thousands of downloads you know every week and things like that because that's where i really think into the long-term thing where i'm like okay how can we now leverage what it is that we've built right here with the podcast as far as the business side of things because Weekly, you know, with the episodes, I think there's only so much that we can do. Um, I think we always want to try to leave some sort of tidbits or some sort of, you know, like fun information that people can take away, maybe something that people can act on, something that people didn't know before, right? That's where we come with the whole thing, first sip, right? Sip on something new. Um, you're sitting down and you're not gonna lie, I am jealous of the name. Right? So, when I first saw it, I was like, Son it's funny because we were sitting there and the, isn't that great? We were in the group chat, I swear like, to god, yeah, it, like we were in the group that. chat day after, like just a little backstory in that. And every morning, we're sitting there talking, right? It's like, all right, what are you guys sipping on? And then that would always kind of spur like our morning conversation in the group chat, mm. and it would always be like around like night. I'm sitting there in the bank realizing this, like day after day, I'm like, yo, it's pretty catchy, like, we really gotta do something with this. and yeah, you guys clearly got the names. Like me, I'm not the podcast room. What is it? It's yeah. a room where you do podcasts. Yeah. So like, it's pretty <laughs> simple. It's so straightforward. To yeah. address your 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 question from like a metrical standpoint, like mm-hmm. a numerical standpoint, I don't think we have a specific views goal. Yeah. We don't. We haven't discussed it. I mean, it's good to have goals, and we should have a specific one. I think he said something cool. I don't even know if it would help. To when have we a views hit goal, though. when we hit 3,500 subscriptions, mm-hmm. he said to me, he said, "We're not going to look again." He said it to me. He sent me the image of it. He said, I'm not going to check again. That's what I mean. I, I've yeah. been avid just because I wanted to know when we were closing five. But but And we we're, we are close. But when he, when we hit 3,500, he was like, I'm not going to look at it again. I think hitting 10, it would be cool. That's a lot of people. We do not know 10,000 people. So that means that probably, what, 8,000 are listening that we don't know. 
which is very cool. And, and probably more than 8,000 people. Listen, you know 2,000 people apiece? I don't know. What do you see what I'm saying? I mean, Facebook yeah, might be lying to me, but we got a couple people on Facebook, right? But no, like Not what you're saying, I think the reason we go back to this is because, and just talking about those metrics, after a certain while, right, it's like being in the gym. If we're setting goals and saying like, yo, I want to hit 405 or I want to bench 225, well, and then if you don't hit that number next week, how do you feel? Right, like when was the time, like I remember when we were talking about this, right? Like writing that, like people say, write that million dollar check or that hundred thousand dollar check to yourself, put a date on it, right? And put mm-hmm. it up there on the wall. Sometimes for certain things that have works, you done that? Uh, yeah, I'm just like you with that I have thing, that right? Too. So I did it, yeah, too. so it's like have you, you guys cash it yet? No, 2023, that's, that's the whole I can't thing, cash right? So you gotta write a date on it, million dollar check. No, it's only 150 grand. Okay. Listen, so but still, that's be pretty substantial. Yeah. If I did that. yeah so for anybody, <laughs> so for anybody who wants to be a little crazy like us, you sit there, you get a blank check, you can print out a template off of Google, write out a check with the amount that you want to be paid, whether it be from your business or a business you're working for or something that you'll be doing over the next couple of years. Only fans have it. That's what I'm talking about, Bert. You see, I've been trying to put this in his brain. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Can so work. Yeah. Only fans <laughs> gonna pay us, right? They're gonna pay us out that subscription fee of one hundred fifty thousand mm. dollars for one month. How you think about that? I mean, we can make that in a week. But see, but that go- so talking of OnlyFans, right? That goes to the whole idea of like, what are you willing to give up, right? So anybody that does OnlyFans out there, like. And I don't know, listen, I have mm-hmm. I know people that do OnlyFans. Yeah, sure, people yeah, that are listening totally, to this mm-hmm. that have OnlyFans. Listen, I'm not meaning to Insult. come off like a No, like a actually jerk. I'm a DM you this week because I need some advice. <laughs> I'm trying to diversify. Mm-hmm. Right, but but you see, but on the flip side, it's like what are you willing to give up, right? Like where does your morals, where does your values lie, depending on how you want to look at it. Some mm-hmm. people could give two shits. But I know they, friends are like, dude, I'm just doing it for a paycheck. That's I'm like, and, right, and they the also right might there. have a different scale. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Morality scale. A different view. Which is fine. Thing, yeah. right? it comes Whatever. To, I think you just raised a They're good still point. Paying like, their bills, what, bro. Is, what is your value? So like, what are you willing to do to achieve a dollar? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, what's your dollar worth? There's so much out there that we can be doing to achieve a dollar, right? It's like we joke about it. Yeah, like we could go and strip and make a couple hundred dollars an hour, right? And it's like people would do that. I'm not going to do it. As much as I joke about it, it's like I'm not there yet. No, yet. Right? <laughs> I'm not there. there yet. But there are some people who would, right? But then, like you're saying, did you think about where you're going to be five years from now? How do you explain that decision that you said, oh, well, this was good for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And now – like I've talked to people before who have been like who are now in relationships and it's like oh now you don't have you don't want to explain something that you used to really be doing in your past life whether it be like stripping or used to be like doing drugs you like people have past that they don't want to explain just and it's so funny how it comes down to one moment right like one quick decision to kind of grab something or try to put something together and now it's like ah oh, man yeah so, what's the long term implications of this now yeah, yeah like what's the result yeah so in in the beginning you originally said and we got sidetracked you said you agree and you disagree mm-hmm you didn't finish well so I agree with the idea that it's a way to go right but I disagree because it's the like and I like how you're thinking of it, it's a business decision right and that's how I'm looking at everything that I do in hopes to grow this is a business decision so mm-hmm. much so like when we do lunch beers and I'm always going to resort back to it because it's just what I know yeah. right mm-hmm. when the idea came they were like let's do this thing we're going to do it it's going to be called lunch beers right so the premise of it is the conversation you have when you clock out for lunch you go downstairs you go to the bar you get fucking hammered because right, you're the low end of the totem pole in corporate America. Mm-hmm. So it's the conversations you have during your lunch hour where there's no HR and you're sitting with your boys and you talk about the shitty deals that you just lost or you got. Mm. And then you talk about sports and then you fucking chug down that last beer and go back to work. Yeah. Right. Like that's the premise of it. OK. Which so is a good premise. When we were going into it, it's like, OK, 
how do you monetize lunch beers? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you down the line monetize something with lunch beers? So, from the beginning, it's like, all right, well, we could do the most easiest thing you could think of. Let's do beer ratings, yeah. right? Because eventually, when it starts picking up traction, you can go to these local pubs, local breweries, local wineries, you know, down the line there might be lunch gals, who knows, right? But that idea of you going mm-hmm. there and be like, listen, you have an advertising budget, mm-hmm. like everybody does, exactly. you are in business, instead of spending such and such, I don't know, what were you paying four fifty a month to put an ad in the paper on page 227 in the West End Happenings, instead of doing that where nobody knows where your brewer is going to be. You're getting a 0.2% return. Exactly. Put it into something where we have a set list of listeners. This is what you can do, right? We have a guaranteed viewership. Exactly. We have a guaranteed viewership. This is what it would cost to do so because by doing that, you have access to here. And instead of just wasting your money on a catalog that everybody else is doing, put your money to good use. That's Mm -hmm. like one, right? So we do the beer ratings. Mm -hmm. Other thing, office talk, things like that, like the conversations you have in the office, just – all these things, how do you segment out a show, right? Treat it like a TV show. That's how I'm doing it. Treat it like a TV yeah. show. So when I worked in New York and I worked on like Fast Money with Jim Cramer mm-hmm. and I worked on like options, like all that stuff, every piece of content that they're talking about has to do something with the advertisers coming on or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're relating conversations to the way – What's going to be showcased for yeah. the viewers to to visualize and see? You worked with the guy that like swings the bat at at mugs, Jim Cramer. No, Mad Money Jim. No way, man. Yeah, Jim Cramer. That's, That's cool. awesome. He's really cool. Is he crazy? He's he's cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very very cool guy. Yeah, I didn't know personality. that. Personality. Yeah. He's cool. a really cool guy. When I because I did um squawk on the street like so mm. i mean i imagine you guys are familiar with the finance channel so all the shows in the morning like only the channel i watch <laughs> right the only channel it's i've crazy, gone dude. i've gone through all the other news channels so at this point in my life i only watch that one it's I'm good it's pretty smart it's pretty good like and i did so i was behind the scenes on like squawk on the street um options wow it's been it's been a year and a half now since i've done it but but yeah i did that i would show up at the i'd show up at wall street um, get into the exchange at like mm-hmm. seven thirty in the morning. Get ready for the eight o'clock show to come on. The bell would ring. The show goes off, and then just there. And then I take the train all the way up to the Nasdaq building in Manhattan, and I would do Fast Money and and uh, yeah, Fast Money and like options trading and everything. What were you doing for them? Were you filming? So I was a freelance technical associate with them. So <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I was like, and it's weird, right? So I got the job because I was like in a transition period, trying to figure out whether I wanted to stay out in LA or if I wanted to come back to here and like touch base with the filming scene in New anybody York. cool in LA? Oh, dude, I've worked with some of the coolest people ever. Like, really? Yeah, I've worked TV show SWAT, you know SWAT? Yeah. Shamar Moore, I've worked with yep. Shamar Moore. Um, Jared Leto, I did um, no The way. Little Things. Yeah, like Denzel, like things like that. Like it's fun. Like that just was cool. Denzel. I'm always sitting here just like watching this stuff. I'm like, just drops just like, Denzel. I'm like, what is he doing? Right, but like, if <laughs> will I ever walk across Denzel and be like, hey, you were the guy in that like, shoot. you remember me? Like, no, he'd be like, what? Like he wouldn't know. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. But it's like it's that but kind you, of that's stuff. That's so cool. Exposure. Oh, I was so infatuated and I'm still infatuated with filmmaking. That's why I want to bring mm-hmm. a studio out that's here. That's what we wanted to talk about a little bit. Yeah. But so I was in that transition period of like, do I move out? Do I come back? I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I did the same thing I did when I was in LA to get onto film sets just on the New York the New York side. So to make a very this is a very long story, so I'll make it really mm-hmm. short. So when I first moved to LA and I was doing through film school, it's the same thing with everything else, right? Like, you know, when you go to you're, you want to be like a nurse or whatever. You got to do your clinicals. Yeah. You know, you have to do like experience, things like that. The problem is with film, the only experience you actually get is either A, you're doing your own stuff and you're learning from your mistakes or B, you're working 
on the film sets. It's really not that hard. For anybody that's listening to that has some sort of an interest in filmmaking or even getting into the film industry, it's not difficult to get in. It really isn't. As long as you know how to show up on time and do the work, like it's, and when I mean do the work, I'm talking like pick up 40 to 50 pounds and like <laughs> someone goes put it there and you just do it, like without complaining. Like mm-hmm. it's really not that hard. So you just be an employee. Essentially, yeah. yeah, to get in, to at least put your foot in the door because mm-hmm. you're going to be around that pe- the people in the industry. Like, it's just, it's like 101, right? Like, networking 101. Well, that's it, right? You just got to get in the room. Just get in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when you have to sell yourself. So, when I wanted to get into the film industry, I was like, all right, how do I do so? I'm in film school now. I'm starting to do my own films. Everything's working out well, this, that, and the other thing. But I'm coming on to my second year, and I'm like, all right, well, how do I get onto sets, right? Like, so I tried walking onto a film set. Doesn't work. Don't ever do it. Um, but I used to walk, I lived in right on Hollywood Boulevard. You walk down the street and there was always where, there was called base camp, where they would always set up for movies and then they would go back and forth or whatever. So one day I strolled up and was like, hey, you guys need somebody? And like literally thought I was going to get shot. They were like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm just trying to work. And they were like, yeah, no, don't come back. And I was like, sick. So that it didn't work. Um, so I was like, all right, I got to find a way to just like introduce myself to people, right? And if you go out to LA, they'll say, oh, you got to go to this bar. You'll meet people. Mm-hmm. Dude, fuck that. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. The answer is no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So my buddy that was working on, he was started working on SWAT. He was like, dude, this is what you, this is what I did, right? And I'm kind of like a psycho, right? Like, and you guys probably know from the past. I'm just like, I whenever I want something I, or like. I feel like you have to have that. Yeah, I'm just you like mentally, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like yep. there can't, I can't half-ass it. Like it's just like, no, nope, sure. all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot and see what happens. We're all like that. Yeah, right? You yeah. have to if you want to try, if you want to succeed, at least a little bit. Sure. So he was like, here's what I did. He went to the DJ website, things like that. And here's a free fact for anybody that wants to get in. This is it's just information that you could just do. Here's but a gem. DJ website, Direct Skill of America, on there has every director that's ever worked for the DGA on there. It's a directory. So I used to go through all the A's and I was like, all right, A, and just go through the list. And finally I was like, there's gotta be an easier way to do this. Like, cause I'm literally like right clicking new tab, right clicking mm-hmm. new tab, pulling like 10 names an hour. I was like, this isn't effective. So I call, <clears throat> I'm like, listen, I'm trying to get on sets. What's the deal? And they're like, well, and I'm like, the director's on there. It's like, I know, but like, I can't be doing this, right clicking, things like that. It's like, well, are you filming something? And I was like, I'm not filming something. He's like, well, we can't help you out. So I said, all right, well, fuck this. So I created a fake email address saying I was a production company, shot the DGA an email, was like, hi, I'm shooting a film both in LA with some uh, B roll shots done and second team stuff in New York. I need a list of both sides, third party and everything. Sends me the list. No like, way. 700 pages. I was like, yo, it fucking worked. So wow. I spent every morning before I would go to class. So I'd have 8 a.m. classes. Five o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up. I'd go through, I would, same email, but I would adjust it, right? Name, things like that. I sent over 7,200 emails, right? So just get it across. 7,200 emails, 40 responses, and one yes. And that one yes is the only reason why I managed to work on SWAT, 911, Star Trek Picard, The Little Things, um, Free Guy when they were filming in New York billions the only reason why is because i got one response damn yeah that's crazy that's a success story craziest thing ever. i like that story a lot i love stories like that because i think we need to hear stories like that more often right i'm happy you did take the time to go through that because it's i don't know i think we've all kind of moved through enough industries that differ that differ enough but it comes back to the same thing right where it's like you have to keep 
going through those constant no's, those no responses, right? We joke about Albert's like the king of the follow-up. How many times have you heard no this year alone? Oh, I'm, I don't know. You can't put a tab on it. That's what I'm saying, right? But it's like <laughs> yeah, people want to— no insurmountable. We're, we're 2% of where we want to be, right? But people talk about some of the same things, and it's can you even get through those first five no's? Right. Yeah, you have the to. First, you simply have to. The first, like, how many times have we reached out to people and they just haven't responded to us? Right. Okay. So it's like with as much success, there's plenty of times where people have no response. Right. And it's like, ah, okay, interesting. So, so you get your one yes. Oh yeah. So I get my one yes. Um, and it's actually crazy because then down the line, right. So I was working full time. Mm-hmm. So I was juggling full time student, full time trying to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I went to film school, I told him because I failed out of two colleges. I failed out of Bloomsburg and I failed out of Northampton. Mm-hmm. So when I was going back to school for the third time, I said, I'm not dropping out of school. Like, I have to get a degree. I, just, I, I told myself when I did it, no matter what happens, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it sucked because I had to turn down some opportunity to work full time. But I did it to get a degree. I was like, I just have to do it. I'm convinced I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was um, interviewing for another position, um, I told this. I told the story. I always tell that story whenever you sit down because they always want to know how serious you are. Yeah. And it just so happened that the one um, first AD that was in there. So I told him I went through all the A's, all the B's, all the C's, all the D's, and I'm not going to release his name, um, but his last name was a C. And I told him I went through every list and sent emails four times. So I had a structure. On Mondays, I would go through new, the new people. Wednesdays would be my follow ups for the people I sent last week, and then Fridays would be like the third and final like. Yes or no? Like right. I need to know, or I'm not going to waste my time. Sure. And, and people in the industry understand it. Like they want that quick turnaround. Yep. <clears throat> so he tried challenging me, and was like, "I never got an email." And I said, "I bet, I bet you, right now, if you go onto your email, check your inbox, or check your spam, look at Ralph at gmail.com, and it'll pop up." Went to his inbox, nothing. Went to his spam, Ralph Lucchese, gmail.com. Saw email number one, right number there. two, and number three, unread. I was like, I'm not a liar. Got the job the next day. Wow. Good for you, Got dude. the next day. That's but I was dope. like, don't try. I, dude, I was so pumped, too, because like, I walked out when like he was like, all right, we'll touch base. Dude, I walked out to the parking lot. Bro, like, yelled. One, oh, like, one of those, like, <laughs> moment yells. Like, yo, I was like, motherfucker. I was so pumped, dude. Because it was like, I just proved you wrong, and I just proved, like, I'm not a liar. Like, mm-hmm. it's the greatest feeling ever when you just prove that you're right. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, too, it's like, you, you put in the work, right? So probably... It paid I off. Mean, think about all the weeks and months that you've been leading up to that moment. And now here you are in the office with this guy. It, 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 what you just said reminds me of one of my favorite movies, The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm. Right, Will Smith, where he's sitting there, and at the end of the movie, he's sitting in the office with the with the four partners, right, and they're sitting there saying like, "Hey, you know, what have you thought about the process? You know, how are you feeling about the company?" Yeah, they're like, "If we were to give you this job, you know, are you gonna make sure you show up in a suit?" Show up in a suit. He right? starts tearing up. I still get emotional that scene. It hits me every time, and that's why, like, when I hear stories like what you just said, it always makes me think about like all the work that people have to put in before they get into that one meeting, that one conversation where it's like. This could be that make or break moment. Mm-hmm. I remember when I called you getting, when I got my job offer for the last company I was working for, and it more than doubled the salary I was making for the for couple of years before mm-hmm. that, right? And Life I was change. like, I it's was like, you know, it, it it took me a while to process it, right? Because I'm like, the amount of headaches, all the struggles, like all the things you're trying to sit there and learn and piece together, 
all the conversation of people saying like, why don't you just try something easier? You probably had multiple people tell you like, man, like you're smart enough to just go get some regular job. Why are you trying to pursue oh, yeah, this directing and creative world? It's crazy, dude. Wanting to do anything outside, I think of the what people understand, right? Like, I mean, I'm trying to like put a name or whatever it is. Like, and trying to do anything outside of what people understand regularly, I think is so hard for people like us because you're going to be hit with more conversations of people. You realize you're going to have a lot of conversations with people who just don't understand what you're talking about. People are going to try to discourage, well, encourage in their way, which is discouraging to you because you're going to sit there and be like, that's not the support or encouragement I need to get to where I need to be. And then as you're going through this all the time, right, you're sitting there it's just like, wait, am I making the right decision? Then you get into the room, like going back to what you're saying with that guy. And you have that moment where it's just like, I knew this was going to happen. Because I know, I've, I've, once again, I've talked yeah. to you about this before. Like, I know you almost think about things the same way I do, where it's like, you know things are going to come to fruition. They're going to come into reality. You just got to keep pushing to it. Yeah. It's and, it's rooted in, like, my, for that, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Just piggybacking off yeah. like that. It's it, It's got to be rooted in some sort of belief system. Not saying religion. It's whatever your beliefs are, right? Like, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. it, it could be, mine is just so happens to be religion, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever I get a feeling about something, yeah. it's like, all right. Like getting like Gary Vee even talks about it. Like yeah. he gets legitimate goosebumps. Like how mm-hmm. can he explain it? And so I don't get goosebumps. Just the idea of like I run through all these systems and progress like in my head. I'm like all right, will it make sense to do it? Yeah. Right. So out of like when I sent those emails that were the seventy two hundred, there's actually like seventy two hundred like forty three, mm-hmm. and. When I got the first yes, I think it was like about like email 2000. And it was only a no though. Like it wasn't like, hey, Ralph, like. It was just a response. It was just a response. Which is a response. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo. Yeah. Somebody, I know the emails are going to somebody. That's right. Yep. So I was like, dope. Now I got to fight for the yes. Which I guess is weird. You can ask my buddy Alex, dude. Like mm-hmm. he would walk in and knocking on the door and I would just be sitting there in front of my computer screen. He'd be like, dude. I'm like, eyes bloodshot. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know how to get to a set. He was working in the industry. He was a camera. He was running around doing first AC work. He was working on a lot of cool shows. And I was like, how do my? why can't I do that? But the yeah. thing is, I didn't want to do camera stuff. Right, people will go into the industry just to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, oh wait, you're a producer? Well, then I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I want to do what I want to do. How do I got to do it? Well, this is one step that I know that's now working because somebody responded. So it's only a matter of time until somebody says yes, and then lo and behold, it happens. It's so cool to hear a story like that, like a like you said, like like a like a jacked Dude, up moment in the parking walls. lot, <laughs> just because they're so they are so concurrent in every industry like exactly. that moment exactly. happens for everyone in every industry it's just a different reason for like i bet you even like pts we have pts on the podcast all the time when i told nisha that my neck wasn't bothering her anymore when i walked out she was probably like because like, yeah. i got done six weeks ahead of schedule that i was supposed to and it was because of her because i was religious with the exercises she told me to do every time and like i followed her plan and her plan worked the system worked so yeah so it, it, it's just cool to hear like like the Kemi said a story like that in filmmaking when like in sales because i had a moment like that in the car the other day mm-hmm. i won an account that i never thought i was going to win ever. that's tight. massive mm-hmm. and i just start freaking out in my car yeah. like blasting music freaking out but i think i think that's what almost <laughs> starts forming when you go back to like building the community right and like building or f- just finding more people who really are kind of like you right and who really click what it is that you're trying to work towards or what it is that you enjoy doing like we said, we are all in different industries, right, doing different things, but you still come back to that same feeling. You still put in the same type of work, right? You're like, you still have that same drive. So no matter what it is, you show up with the same attitude day in and day out. And I feel like that's what kind of connects us, right? And it's like, no matter, we talk about politics, we'll talk about anything else, but 
at the end of the day, like, I know where your values lie. So we can see through all the little micro nonsense here because we understand where the end goal is. Exactly. We understand what needs to happen, what work needs to be done for us to achieve that end goal, no matter what environment we're put in. You And when you start talking there, Bray, I remember when we had our episode with Twig and you were talking about the kind of mindset and the just what being around somebody like him, right, like really brought into it and like what accomplishing certain things did for us and how that started seeping through not only like the football team, but that mindset really started going through to everybody, right? How it's like, okay, you put in hard work, you show up day after day, you will win. And we didn't understand. Like we just had to really buy into that because coming off of the prior couple of we years before choice. that, we well, really, it, gives, it gives the trust the process a whole new meaning, that's right? That's what I'm, oh, I think yeah. that's what, yeah, right? right? Like that's that the idea, perfect way like, where it's just uh, like you have to trust the process, but it's it's so much easier said than done. Of course. Well, which, I mean, which literally brings full circle what we started this whole conversation about. Exactly. Which is hopefully yeah. all three of us will yield success and with what we're doing say, just by continuing. Because you say it, right? Con- you well, it's not a matter of hopefully, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Correct, literally. And the reason why it's going to happen is because, and I really do, and I firmly believe it, everybody's out there trying to get rich but no one no one's doing it for a reason nope. right like no one is they're just they just want to do it to do it and that's what i mean i, I don't know if you guys have ever met randy at the uh blue ridge I winery haven't yet, no that Who's man that? has changed my perspective the yeah oh. the owner blue ridge mm-hmm. okay okay he's changed my perspective on like life so drastically mm-hmm. dude that really i, I can't g- even explain it bro because it's the idea of one he's extremely successful mm-hmm and it's like, dude, you got successful from being this way. You're like directly. Yes. You could directly like reach out to him and like contact him. Oh, we'll yeah. be here tomorrow. Yeah, oh, that's, uh, let's get him on. If you, I'll, tell, if I'll you, talk to him. Yeah, I'd love to have him. Hundred percent. Let's get I've, him. On. I've listened to him talk a couple times on his um on the podcast, and you can sit. That's your that's the the podcast that you had. Yeah, yeah, that's living, living on purpose. On purpose. Ah. Yeah. So when you sit there and see, I only listen to lunch beers. There's only, I mean, for so, you only have to listen to people like that for so long to realize, like, ah. They're tapped into a different, they're a different, a different dude. Wave. It's a weird mindset, dude. Think about how many times I used to be sitting in the bank. And I used to be like, Bert, man, I just had a conversation with this person. And that was another reason why, like, a podcast would be so cool because there are more people like this in the world who aren't spreading their mindset, right? Like their, like their message. And we need to be able to get this out to more people, especially on a local level, right? Because it, once again, we go back to the things that we're always bickering about back and forth, right? And gossiping, like, politic wise or current events whatever it is and i'm like is this really what's relevant to us here right now or like what we really should be talking about or what should be focused on or should we be bringing in more people like mm-hmm. you said like randy more people who are really working towards something and getting what you call like that social proof in their business right in their life so people can be like so you can tap into real conversations things that will move move the ball forward well so that would be my question to yeah. you guys what do you want first sip to be not what it is like mm-hmm. what's the end goal of first sip and i mean end goal is in like because it's never going to end like yeah. you guys are always going to constantly adapt and evolve mm-hmm. but like where where do you want to see first sip as a podcast like total like just talking to people in the local neighborhoods or like sure i think yeah i think we have different i think we have obviously we have a uniformed goal and success yeah. right that, and and revenue and money that's just the truth it is what of it course. is i'm driven thoroughly by cash it is what it is um <laughs> send me some deals people I, I, I am, we, need I am. Them, we need them sponsorships I, I love it i love it so but um i personally love and i didn't understand in the beginning the network capabilities of podcasting so for example, Michelle Pice, who we had on our prior podcast, is literally the number one realtor in New Jersey. She sells like $35 million homes. Her and her husband built up a billion-dollar real estate empire mm-hmm. from the ground. 
right? She's a monster. I messaged her one time on Instagram and I simply said, I have a podcast. And she, she said, yeah, I'll come on and talk. Now, if I would have messaged her as an insurance agent, which I am, and said, hey, I would love to network with you, never mm. would answer me. You left yeah. that on red. So the ability, to, it's, it's like creating different avenues. So down the line, what entices me is it's going to be cool that me and Dikembe eventually are going to be sitting across from very influential people. Not that we already haven't, because we've sat across from the CEO, the billionaire of a CEO, I mean, um, Still CEO of a billion-dollar company. We've sat across from doctors and people with massive, dude. Some of our most listened to episodes are Deck, Deckmar. Mm-hmm. Kid has a massive following, and his army follows him. But like That's down so funny, down the rip on him. For yeah, it. I know, <laughs> total <laughs> idiot. But like down the road, like what happens if we're sitting uh, like for me? Like what happens if we're sitting across from I don't know Matt Stafford, right, Rams quarterback, wow. and just talk? You know what I mean? But it's possible, oh, and yeah. that is so cool because I I Albert could have never reached him, but for Sip can reach him. Yeah. And it's more likely. Um, See, that's, that's the business. I like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Only it's, and that entices me. I love that. And for me, that's part of it too, right? Where it's not only but like that's building a brand for the business. It's also building your own personal brand, right? Because outside of first sip, people are going to know Albert, right? They're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's, he's been doing this for a couple of years, right? Connect with him with X, Y, and Z. It does open up so many more doors. The other side of it too, which I think we all kind of tap into, is that we're all such curious people. Yeah. Right? Like we all have – somebody said this to me. It was actually – one of the execs I used to do that was uh, head of our county, he said one thing he always doubled down on was his intellectual curiosity, right? Like his ability to always just be curious in different areas, but with a purpose. And that for me is, I think, something that's gotten to be like where I'm at now, right? Being able to kind of make whatever pivots I made in my life and be able to do what I'm doing now. But also, I noticed it with you, right? Like you're always tapping into different things and be like, hmm, I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. Let me explore it a little bit more. And I think that's what podcasting does for people. So for us now, you talk about growing our networks, but what does it do for the person who is listening, being back in Broadheadsville, mm-hmm. right? You're not running into people left and right who own multi-million dollar businesses. Which is I wild. used to sit in the bank with people like that weekly, and I'm having conversations about what do you mean you do this? What do you mean you do that? And I'm sitting there once, like putting the computer to the side, and I'm like, I just want to talk to you for 30 minutes. And then you think about it, it's like, what would other people do if they were able to hear this conversation? What are some other things that they might be able to start learning or wanting to start just being interested in? How do they start now changing their, you know, environment, the people they're hanging out with just because their conversation that they're hearing changes? That's why I was bringing up the point with Randy where it's like you listen to enough people like that, it changes you. Yeah, it's wild. And you don't have to listen to too many more. We talked about Gary Vee. I know that changed you. It changed me. I'm sitting I'm like, wait, this dude, like you said, it's like Randy. He talks the way he talks, but he, he is also extremely successful and can also do can help everybody you know that he cares about around him he's there for his family you know like all those things that are true values to us but they can still be them mm-hmm. so then then a final question because you asked us one i, I want to yeah. i want to end it with and, <clears throat> and then uh obviously the content wreck so you won three awards right on films right well i won multiple awards for three, for three, three films. films multiple yeah. awards make sure you clarify got it sorry yeah put it on the table Let know people. <laughs> my imdb page my... is up there if you guys look up ralph lucchese on imdb you'll see i That's think it's it. like 14 with like no 30 some nominees okay. like that. I don't, I don't uh, check it okay anymore. so well you asked us like a why right do you think that there was a why that drove the success of those films or do you think it was like the ethic behind it and just real quick what were the base of the films because i know nothing about any of them uh, well, so when you mean why, wait, my why, yeah. you mean? Yeah. Okay, so... Because you asked us ours. My first film was, it's called Three Minute Man. Um, Is it about what I think it's about? It's not, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm just curious. Um, it's not <laughs> at all. But 
So it was my first film, right? So it was it happened when I was in film school, and they were like, "All right, the school gave you a budget to make a film," and all these kids were like, "All right, great, like let's do this." And I said, "All right, well, if this is my first chance to make a movie or a short film, I'm treating it like it's a multi-million dollar film." So what do they do? So I spent hours and hours and hours researching, like like this, that, and the other. they teach you the process, but they don't really teach you the the post-process, like once the film's done. Mm. That's something you have to just learn and experience, and that's where the festival circuit comes in and things like that. But So I said, all right, how do I get this from here to here to here to here? So I followed the process. So I went from here, did the filming, did everything like that, did the casting, found the actors, great guy, Patrick, still, and I know he listens, dude, love you, man. <laughs> He's a lawyer out in L.A., and he was like, dude, I just really want to be an actor. I was like, bro, let's do it, and he fucking crushed it, dude. Mm. Um, but it was it. It was a process. Do I I hate that film now, by the way, because it's like everything you do, like, right, you're supposed to grow. So I look at it now and I'm like, wow, like, why would I do that? Oh, yeah. That's, how, we you were, know, that's how you know you're growing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we, re- if we re-listen to the early episodes. I don't. And I you're don't, like, I try what not the to. fuck? They're so bad. That's, yeah, they're so that's bad. the best part we're about gonna, We're going to think that about this one. Yeah. That's the best part about documenting, You document the process and you look back on it. It's like, wow, look how far we've come. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. Like, so I said, made it a goal. We'll get into one festival. And made that to the goal. My buddy Jordan, who's now an agent out in L.A., mm. I was like, he was the producer at the time. I was like, dude, we're just going to do it. And he was like, whatever, dude. Like, I trust you. I believe you. I was like, dope. That happened. So that was a push for me to be like, all right, sick. One, I could call myself an award-winning filmmaker because I won an award. Yep. Then we flew out to Texas. I mean, you have to do it all out of pocket, whatever. But mm. I flew out to Texas just to experience it. I was like, all right, I got to know what it's like. Like, what is it? Coolest experience ever. So I was like, dope. Every film from this point on, I will be looking at it with that mentality. I'm not just making a film to make a film. I'm making the film to win. Mm. That's it. But get the message across. Like, if it's a positive message, I want to make sure people that are going to be watching this are going to be sharing that message. And I want to win, dude. Like, winning is fun. Sorry. Winning is a great time. So then we did How to Be a PJ. My buddy Alex, who was my roommate at the time as well, great cinematographer, one of my best friends, um, he was like, dude, what do you know about PJ? So I'm prior military. He was prior military also. And he was like, dude, pararescuement. So pararescuement are like the Navy SEALs of the Air Force. <clears throat> he was like, dude, if we ever had the opportunity to, to film something like that, would you do it? I was like, absolutely, dude. Are you out of your mind? Of course I would. Like not even like a day later, he was like, yo, message this guy, Brian Silva, owner of How to Be a PJ. He wants to sit down and talk. I was like, tight. Let's make it happen. Built it from there built it we were like sick what do we need to fund this to make it happen because you're still making movies like I was a full time student he was a full time student so everything that's coming in you're not really like we're not going to get a hundred million dollars like you're just not going to do it I was like so what do we need to just fund this movie on a better camera than what we used last time and a better process than what we did last time so we did the networking got the budget made it happen PJ flew out to Texas for three days filmed it did what we had to do editing process submissions bunch of awards fuck yeah then you come to thesis film time and everybody just makes a thesis film to make a thesis film. I'm already like in my head. I'm already now working. I'm trying to transition out of film school. I'm working full time in the industry, working nights while being it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sleeping because I'm doing I'm juggling two things. Mm-hmm. Thesis film time comes. They're like, here's the guidelines to make a thesis film. And I'm like, fuck your guidelines, dude. <laughs> like I'm at a point now where I use those other two films as my guidelines this ain't a guideline. I'm just doing it because this is a film I'm going to be taking to studios. Like, this is what I can do. Mm. Let's make something happen. So 
I almost failed my thesis film because I didn't deliver anything. And when they asked why, I was like, oh, I didn't know editing a movie took two weeks. <laughs> like, they're making two-minute-long short films. I have a feature film that I'm editing, so I'm not. Which was how long? It's 43 minutes and 44 seconds. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, and But we did it like that That's for long. multiple reasons. One, if you want a TV blog spot, you got to have room for commercials. I think mm -hmm. it's 16 minutes. So we wanted to like find that happy sweet spot where we can add more. So I have two or three scenes I could throw in there that would make it that, you know what I mean? Sure. But long enough to be feature film length worthy for the festival circuit, but also short enough to where it – and. It's not it a be feature an hour film. TV special. Exactly. Well, both, but there's sometimes feature films are also considered short films depending mm. on the time lengths. Mm. So it's just depending on what festivals you want, right? So I was like, dope. Let's make it this because there are some festivals that are at forty, like forty-five minutes, sub forty-five are considered short films, or forty plus are considered features. I was okay. like, great, let's do it, and that's what we did. And it just happened. We submitted and we edited it, and it did substant. Like I had festival directors reaching out, like, man. Next time you submit, next time you make a film, reach out to me directly. Like we won't even That's have awesome, you submit. Dude. And I'm like, sick. Yeah. Like love that. And it was more because, and that's what I mean. That's where the partnership with Randy grew because I learned so much from him. And I was like, wow. And his whole perspective, right? Because not gonna lie, and he knows this. I tell him all the time. When you first meet him, you're like, all right, what's the gimmick? Because mm -hmm. he's so energetic and he's so happy. And you're like, all right, like. He owns a winery. There's thousands of people that walk in and out. Right. What's the gimmick? Like, when is it? When does he give up? Yeah, pitch me something. Like, yeah, come on, exactly. I, I know you're coming with it. Yep. Yeah. You want me to sell wine for you? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the whole time we're filming, I'm like, don't take your fucking camera off this guy because we're going to catch him slipping. Like, we're going to catch him, like, going behind a car being like, fuck you. And just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was the most real experience ever mm -hmm. because, dude, he was thrown all this shit as a kid. Like, you know what I mean? Went through a terrible childhood awesome mom like the whole st his story is just awesome set it up we're gonna hear it you know what I mean and it's out on it's out on YouTube yeah. type in Blue Ridge or any Dietrich story mm -hmm. it's up there mm. um, nice little shameless plug there yeah. Yeah. Um, always plug but such a crazy childhood and like dude this guy gets thrown like so many he gets thrown so many opportunities to just like throw the towel in and be like dude like why do you put through it and he just does it with a smile so I was like wow this guy is very successful for what he does how do and it's because he's so damn happy. So if that's the key, I gotta learn how he's happy. How he's happy, right? Like I have to because that's difficult. You know exactly. Yeah. So we do these podcasts every week where I sit down and talk to him, and I'm just like, and I try to challenge him, but like what he says makes so much sense, and it's like son of a bitch, dude. Like there's no way around it. Yeah, you know you what I mean. And I can't point, challenge him because it's like, well, a I'm point, a millionaire, it's, it's and this so, is what I do, and it's so ingrained in him. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like it's like when you. You know, like I, I talk about Frank often, right? Um, bodybuilder from the gym, and I, it's it goes back to that same thing. Like people just have a way of, I don't know if it's like carrying themselves or the way they are just like people that are different. Yeah, yes. Like they just have a way of being. Everyone's different, but right? Yeah, you just have a way of being. But these people specifically we're talking about, right? Just have a way of being where it's just like it's so contagious. Mm -hmm. And you, like you're saying, you're waiting for the gimmick. You're waiting for the sales pitch where it's like. All right, but what's getting you to this point, right? Like, what's making you so so just happy and, and present, I think, is another thing, right, that you realize with these people. They're so in the moment. They know they're, because they're jealous So when that they don't carry that gimmick, I, that they don't carry that happiness. So, so Wait, you mean so, like me, for example? You, yeah, not not wasn't jealousy. Mm -hmm. that, that's a, a stark I characteristic. Like, I was going to be like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, you're right. I am jealous. Yeah, of course like, you are. Like, you, you, correct. Bitch. You're envious of his yeah, happiness. Envious. Right, right. But which makes you follow him. 
Mm-hmm. It makes you alert. I don't know if it's which, like jealousy or if it's more revenue. like caution. I think because people have been so maybe it's well, that it's, it, it goes started back from that, caution. It goes back to that like that um that car salesman approach, right? Because we all you go into a car dealership, you get this energetic guy who seems to be your best friend, and then he's like, "All right, so this is going to be five thousand dollars overpriced," and you're like, "You see, I knew you were being nice mm-hmm. to me for a reason." Yeah, but you can sniff out how ingenuine they are. He couldn't sniff it out. I couldn't sniff it out, and I wanted which was to. attractive. But and I that's, went up, that's, exactly. that's the yes. thing, and I think once you realize, it's like, wait. There isn't. I, I'm not finding anything here. Like this is this person really is just like this. You know what I mean? And now how do I, how do I deal with it? I think that's the harder part for us. Maybe that's what it is. It's like how do I process now being or around replicate. a person like not even replicated. For me, it was I would run into contact with run into people like this and I'd be like, wait, how do you now deal around people like because they don't want to complain, they don't want to hear about nonsense complaints, they. Life just operates at a different level for them, and you realize the conversations are different, the things they do on a daily basis are different, the people they hang around, the things that they consume, whether it be content, food, diet, anything. The way they just live their life is so different, and for me it was like, damn, how do I now stay in this person's environment? Because. I like winning, like you're saying, and this person seems to be a winner. Yeah, he's just doing it with a smile. I want to, yeah, yeah, I want to be smiling like this every single day, Hell no yeah. matter what. I don't care if my car just got totaled. <laughs> I want to walk in and be like, "What's up, guys? Hell yeah. High fives all around, because life's good." So, so I, I will end it like we'll, we'll do a content wreck, but I will end it with this, pivoting mm. off of your point, mm. Ralph. How you're like you were, you feel as though his success is driven by his happiness, right? Mm-hmm. My when I change into my most recent role. I set a mental goal to myself that, dude, no matter what you do, because you guys know me very well, you've known me for a long time, there are moments where I lack kindness, right? To put it nicely. If you're in sales, that's pretty typical. Sure, correct. But like, like, you know, arrogance could be rude, fine. When I took this most recent role, I said to myself, I'm going to make a distinct goal to just be kind. Mm. To be kind. Be kind to the individuals who handle my accounts, the individuals who market my accounts, Whenever I send an email, whenever someone calls me, be kind. Mm. That's it. And it is 100% a direct correlation to much higher success. Dude, like recognizable women will call me in my marketing team and they're just always chipper to speak with me because they expect it on the other line now. And it's like, it is a stark difference from anywhere else in my career simply because I said to myself, Bert, you are just going to be kind to everyone. You're going to be known as the guy that's kind and like jubilant. And I can tell you what, it is profitable. <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> and it's not even false I'm, anymore because I'm, la- yeah. I'm excited that I'm that guy. Yeah. That they're going to call me and be like, we just love talking to this kid. I'm laughing only because that's how you are. It's like, I don't even, people who know you know you're not an arrogant person. You're not a mean person. It's just, we have our moments. Yeah. Well, Anybody, trust me, if you've seen me, if you've ever worked me in an office space, any of my coworkers would tell you, Oh, Dikembe, he's nice until he's not, right? It's like, I'm okay, but then there's a point where it's like, why am I explaining the same thing to you for a third time, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I get very short with certain things, but that's not how I am, right? Most people will still come back and be like, oh, I enjoy talking to him, right? Or I enjoy talking to Alba, I enjoy talking to Ralph. But I think it's for us, it's that constant awareness, right? And I think that's what I'm hearing from you. It's like, now you know, you're conscious of what it is or when these moments come up. Yeah, I, I just like, made like a just a conscious decision to just try to like, harp on I, a characteristic that people don't yeah, get often. And that's the thing, right? But that's, exactly. And that's the thing because the two books, I one I talked about before and uh, another one I talked about with when we had Michelle on, the first one was The Urban Monk, right? And that one he talks about, once again, just being aware of how we go through our emotions throughout the day and then how we put that on other people. 
that I think is something that will make or break our success. Just being salespeople, right? Or just being people in general. It's like, however you're feeling in this moment, don't put that on somebody else, right? You might've just lost a deal. You might've just lost, if it's me, lost a listing or, you know, somebody else bought a house with somebody else. You imagine we're sitting here recording a future podcast and nothing gets recorded. Now we're snapping on everybody around us. And it's like, wait, why do they need to now get this energy, right? Or this aggression, it's, it's not, it, they didn't intend on this to happen, right? So let me be, let me take a second. Let me take a moment. Breathe, right? We always talk about breathing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let me try to say something nice. Let me try to find a positive here in this moment, right? Because that's, people, like they say, uh, 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 Maya Angelou says, right? It's like people will, they'll, they'll what, what is it? Like they'll remember what you say. They'll remember what you do. Oh, no, they won't remember what you say. They won't remember what you do, but they'll remember how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. Damn, right? I just talked to Randy about this. Literally two weeks ago. This is weird. No way. I swear to God. She talks about my Angela all the time. That's because that's the thing. Like, and that's what I was saying before. Like, there's a common thread behind so weird. behind these <laughs> mindsets, right? And the way people just go about carrying themselves. Because it, I think it is a constant. It's a continuous thing too, right? We talk about meditation. You realize, okay, there's so much bouncing around in your head. How can I be present enough in this moment to not show a negative side? And I don't think it just ever becomes something. I think it's a conscious decision over and over and over. So you sitting here saying, okay, you made an agreement with yourself going into this new role saying like I'm always going to be kind to people because this is something I know after I reflected on that I've had you know some troubles with nice. but I, I can improve on it you know, yeah yeah mean. yeah we ain't going we, we <laughs> don't ain't get going, angry now, now, now. Trouble. Don't, don't show yourself <laughs> I didn't have fucking troubles <laughs> don't, don't show yourself here now but it's like you know we're aware of it and that's introspection is a huge thing being able to reflect on, <laughs> on yourself as a person I don't think enough people do but being able to sit there and now you're saying okay I'm going to be kind going forward and you see the direct correlation now, whether it be on a monetary side, whether it be an emotional side, relationships, right? Like these are all things where you will see a direct improvement if you're just able to be aware enough in the moment. Yeah. The but it's a, lot, it's a lot easier yeah. said than done. There yeah, is right? a payoff and that's what it is. And then like you, the second book there is the um, one I recommend, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Exactly what you just said there is a large portion of that book, right? Where it's like if you can understand that, okay, if you're in a position where you're now trying to be a business owner, employer, or just somebody who's of influence. How can you possibly do that long term or expect people to really rock out with you if you're not kind, if you're not a decent individual? Who would want to deal with you? Mm-hmm. Who would want to work for you? Right? It's like, okay, you're cool when everything's cool, but then the second something happens, you're ready to throw me off the cliff. You're not going to influence me very long or gain my friendship. Right? Yeah. So, and like you're saying, you see, you see how it changes, but. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Yeah. Crazy. Those deep. This, well, is great. This, this is, is cool, a, man. This is a good yeah. combo. This is fun, man. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. That's why podcasting is great. This yeah. is it. This yeah. is it. So um, how we always wrap them up is just a content wreck, but you you want to talk about something that we already brought up. Well, I mean, right, it sucked. I just finished Squid Game. It's more like a follow-up. I don't yeah. care. Tell, tell me what happens because I'm finishing it. No, we can't. We can't I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. So I, well, I walked in on Alex finishing it and walked wow. in on her watching multiple episodes. Did you talk about, to her about that? Because we talked about this last week. You should talk to her about it. I mean, from what I saw, do you know it's the number one most watched in the world show yeah. of in 90 all countries. time? Ever. 90 ever. countries. Number one in every country. That's, bro, That's we gotta, crazy. We got to get him on because his story him. is the same thing. We're going to get yeah. the right. most successful Netflix guy of all time. Yeah, the writer of the uh, who wrote the screenplay because he wrote it like 10 years think, ago. Do you think he speaks our language? I don't They're care. All I can, Korean. I can yeah. translate. I, can, I told you, I'm trying to get big over there in South Korea. So what we're going to do is we're going to get him on to tell his story you got to remind me to tell a funny story 
on oh, one of God. our future podcasts about translation. Definitely. Wait, you haven't it. watched Squid Game though? So I watched some of I know We're the like premise through, yeah. and I saw oh, I well, I, I know how it ends. I saw everything. We just had a conversation about it in our chat like you know like Perry and all yeah, that yeah. like mm-hmm. bro. It's and I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. What episode are you guys on? Well, I've I'm, seen I'm everything. Like episode five I've seen here, pieces so of everything. Let's, let's talk like, about I've seen it. decent, com- like I've seen a bunch of the competitions. Like, you seen the Marble to- episode? Yeah, that one. That episode crazy. is arguably one of the best written pieces mm. of episodic television well, series, so, probably within the past four to five years. We're gonna have to have it. That's a whole another. Have episode you seen it yet? Because yeah. there are so many scenes. There are so many scenes. Like, have you it, seen it yet? The- the show, yeah, yeah. No, so, no. Have you seen the Marvel episode? Not the Marvel. Episode, oh, dude, like, no. Uh, I'm telling I you, go back, like, you're gonna feel, bro. Like I was watching it, like almost yeah, like you can't. You can't talk about it with the giving a spoiler. But there's like it's already crazy. multiple parts too. The and two that's chicks, because it makes you realize it's it, it's the one episode where you go, where you question your no mm-hmm. fucking, where you see everybody's true colors. Yes. Yeah, but th- in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's what I was. Crazy. That's what I was bringing up. How did these scene with the strobe lights make you feel though? Oh, same thing, right? Like with in the with the fights and everything. Where they're like all that. locked in, and it's like that's what I was joking with Dan before we even watched the show. From just seeing the trailer, the way people are talking, I'm like, is this really that far off? If you were to put a couple people inside of a room on an island and say, "Hey, Bro, it's I'll so pay you dark, forty-five dude. billion dollars," Bro, it's but dark. is it dark? Like, I don't think it's dark. I just think I it think truly it's... exposes what we really are willing to what to do just it's a cerebral show there is a lot of mental I mean the tug, tug of war scene is great that's pretty wild <laughs> and some, oh that's my god wild. we would not pull, gonna lie I've been going to the gym using the ropes yeah, yeah. Like, seems, like, <laughs> seems like that make you realize it's like listen if this yeah. ever happens start you gotta right. and start rowing that's why I tell people you just gotta <laughs> train your you just gotta train for life because you might end up in squid game but what I love about it dude is how the premise of the game is straight fairness like that's the premise like dude you try to cheat you're done it's all about everybody having an equal opportunity. Oh, that's a cool way to look at it. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, the show. And that's there's two. Well, there's two parts to it, right? The one being like that. Everybody has. To, everybody's on the same playing field. You mm-hmm. could be a billionaire. You could be poor. You show up here. Everybody's the same person because you're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's all about trust. Who can you trust when your back's against the wall? That's what, dude. I can't tell. The, the, the right. Marvel episode is going to blow your mind. Mar- I saw the whole Marvel episode. The Marvel, Marvel episode is insane. Because <laughs> you see, right? You see how people start building trust. You see how they start building their alliances. Like once they're in there, what are certain things you build alliance for? The tug of war episode, right? But did you get, know they took they it's picked like, the oh, worst wait, team of it's all like, time. Wait, we can't have too many women on our team. It's like, oh well, we don't even know what the event is yet. So how do we figure this all out? Yeah, it people it really shows you how people will be. And I'm thinking about, like, I keep saying, if you were to grab people from certain parts of the world who are going through extreme poverty. Oh, for sure. Oh, and well, you yeah. already might be a couple years from death just based on just environment. Hey, listen, come here. You can play. You can compete for 45 billion U.S. Right. I, I would throw away everything. He hasn't, for seen, the he hasn't seen the ending. He hasn't seen the ending. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he has no idea. I might come back next week and be like, guys, <laughs> oh, no. Guys, yeah. I changed my mind. He, he can't, he's speaking can't about it like a person who hasn't seen the ending. That's what. That's the best part. <laughs> that's because this is going to be dynamic, it. Ralph. This is how we get people to come back week after week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to leave them with a couple cliffhangers here and there, right? No. So, Well, listen, while they're watching that, I'm going to plug it again. I might Check live it stream it. Blue Ridge, Randy Dietrich story. Yes. yes. It's on YouTube. It's free. I'll put the link in the bio. Yeah, we'll put the link in the bio. And then what are the, the other two podcasts that you currently are working on? Um, one is Randy Dietrich. So if you watch, I, I highly suggest watching the documentary because yep. if you watch a documentary, this is just an extension of that. Story, yeah. It's just him, his next mission in his life. His main mission is to add value to people's lives. He has the winery. It's successful. It's almost autonomous to the point where his next journey in life is to do public speaking. Mm-hmm. 
I'm doing what I can to help him to get to that platform. Right? Zig Ziglar says it best. You want to get anywhere in life, you just surround yourself with people with like-minded goals. We're both there. So check it out. It's Randy Dietrich Podcast, Living on Purpose. And then we also do a podcast called Lunch Beers, which is the exact opposite of that because it's (laughs) not as joyful. It's more like ripping on work, corporate America, the conversations you have during your lunch hour when HR is not. I have one critique on that podcast, by the way. So I listened to to, um, two episodes and, and one of the episodes I listened to, like right off the bat, someone gave a beer a 10. And like just threw a ten. <laughs> You'll never hear it again. That's some bullshit, uh, man. Dude, I that episode that. done. I stopped this. It will never do one love that. numbers, like, and you cannot. I was like, congratulations. Now you can no longer compare beer. That's like how's that, uh, dude? Uh, come on. That's like El President. So, so you felt the same way. That's I felt. like when well, he, the second it happened. I, I wish you could see the, the group message we have because while they talk and I'm listening to them, I send updates. A like, ten. How do you hey, give a beer a ten? That was doing. You've never had a ten. I've never had a ten. Once you have a ten, you're done. Personally, I don't think there's any beer above a six. You're so he's he dude. He's a woman. I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying. You're a, you're a hard alcohol drinker. Beer, no. they don't taste like You put some whiskey on the table, Ooh, some rum some on the table, we'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Beer? No. Why? But a 10. Come on. Why? Yeah, I know. Can't ever happen it's again. It's a rookie score. He's, 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 he has to be like, he had to get slapped That's on it. the wrist. He t- dude, he t- I told him that. We laid down the line. Let him listen, listen to this. The same way that Portnoy does the pizza scale. That's what I was thinking. It, you can't give it a 10. Like now, Except now, for when he came out with his own pizza and then he gave, and it, then a gave it a 10. That was it's so. the ultimate. That right, was exactly. funny. So like the goal yeah. now is we're on the journey to find the perfect lunch beer. Mm. So it's going to keep us trying as many beers like as that. possible until we find the perfect lunch beer. I like that. So give it a listen, and guys. Let us know if we got to try anything out, you know. Well, over, here May, at, over here at First Sip, you know, we're Kate always May looking for something it. new. Oh, I love Kate, Kate May. May I love Kate May. Orange Dude, IPA. Yeah. Don't send me any beer recommendations, people. That's a 9-2. I'll give you that one. Kate May crushing it. <laughs> Orange IPA is a 9-2. Kate May crushing it. I'll tell the guys right now. That's, that's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Yeah. Don't the, send me any beer recommendations. Thank you so much, Ralph, for having us here in the podcast room. We'll come back also. And as always, everyone, enjoy the First Sip. <laughs>